0: Hi, I'm LaDonna and I'm Krista. We are both mamas who have been through the loss of a child.
1: Through our losses we found that other moms like us craved a space to talk about their experience.
0: So we created the Stitches podcast and ministry as a space to talk through loss.
1: However the space is not just to talk about loss, we want to talk about life.
0: About the life of your child.
1: About the life you live after their death.
0: About the messiness of grief.
1: And all those joy-filled moments in between.
0: We want to create a safe haven for mamas throughout this raging storm of grief that is miscarriage, stillbirth, and infant loss.
1: Grief is a non-linear process. Everyone's wound is different, requiring different stitches to mend.
0: So please join us as we try to bring you a little hope and healing through the airwaves.
1: Welcome to the Stitches Podcast.
0: Hello everyone, Hello, welcome back, this is LaDonna and Krista, yes this is me, Krista, here here on our green couch, we're so glad to be back with you all and um, today we are, I guess excited, we're always excited, yeah, we're excited to be um, here with you, we're excited to be here with all of you, back in your headphones, I guess, (laughs) or your earbuds, that's typically
1: what people listen to podcasts
0: on or in your car uh, or in your car um but we just kind of like we're chatting about something that we thought was important and we kind of wanted to share and talk with all of you about as well and that's just like the overall assumption about assumptions about miscarriage mm-hmm. and kind of what that looks like and i know for me like even though i knew there was multiple different ways before i had experienced loss um kind of naively, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like miscarriage was very much just like somebody was pregnant um, and then next thing you know, like um, they're bleeding and it, and, yeah. and that's it. Like that's that was the extent of what I knew about miscarriage. Um, and even as a grown woman and like having two other children, I knew there were multiple other ways and things that happen um, during a miscarriage. However, I still – Um, wasn't, like, I feel, like, fully educated on what that looked like. For sure. So.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I thought it was simple to, like, oh, you happen to be bleeding, and then you go in, you get the news, or, like, pass the baby, like, right away. And little did I know that there could be a waiting period. Right. Like, because of our modern technology, we kind of know – or we can know early on that something is wrong or mm-hmm. that baby has no heartbeat or whatever. And similar things kind of happen to us. Yeah. And I think I was a little blindsided by it. Like I just didn't for realize sure. it could look like what it looked like for me. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I didn't know like I had no like preconceived notions about what could happen or what would happen during that time frame if that was the case. Um just because I had never experienced it and I didn't know anything about it. Um, but I know like for me personally, um, in my story with Hadley, ours was a much shorter time frame than Krista's story and experience, but we um, had went in for the sonogram and were told like there was no heartbeat at 20 weeks. And um, at that time, like I had talked about this in my birth story, There wasn't any conversation that I could have with anyone in that room at that moment. I really don't even um, remember anything that was specifically said other than my midwife saying like, there's nothing I can say at this time um, that you're ready to hear or and that's completely understandable. And so we would talk at another time. But just like having to then know like I'm going home and I'm still pregnant. And that was something that I didn't ever think right. about or think was a possibility to happen that you're um, you've miscarried or you've lost your baby and you're leaving the hospital to go home still currently pregnant um, and that's a really hard thing to to have to accept you know that I am rem- I remember specifically going home um, with my husband and my mom who had came with us to the appointment and then just like so strangely like th- Throughout the rest of that afternoon, that evening, I knew that we'd be getting a call from the doctor the next day to make a decision about what we were going to do and all of that. But there was just so many times that I felt like I knew I was still pregnant and I felt like I was still pregnant. Like I yeah. felt like she moved or like something, you know, like um, because I think my brain had just not like caught up, I guess, with the fact that she was already gone. Um and so I think that's just really hard to even think about because it wasn't something that I knew really was a possibility. Sure. Because um, like we said, when when I thought about miscarriage before, it was that, yeah, you started bleeding, you maybe went to the doctor and then it was like, that was that, you know, it was right. that experience as far as the loss was over. And that wasn't the case for me with a baby that was at the time 20 weeks. Right. Um, so, yeah.
1: Right. And you were farther along than I was. So I mean, I think at that point, you always think you're out of the woods, yes, too. And Very much so. Yeah. I I mean, I I know just right, right now, I'm like 24 weeks mm-hmm. pregnant. So mm-hmm. I, I don't ever think I'll be out of the woods in this particular right. pregnancy because right. I just feel that way. But yeah, I mean, you're physically looking pregnant. Your body has gone through all these changes. Mm-hmm. And then... I don't know. I think I, I'm. I was kind of similar in the way of like, okay, do we get it right? Yeah. It, is this is this really happening? Because when you have a time of waiting, there's all this doubt that creeps in. Yeah. And you know that like due diligence is being done, and you're gonna make sure to yeah. that it's being done. But um, yeah, I mean, how long was it between finding out that you had lost Hadley to? kind of making that decision and how did that go
0: down yeah so we found out on um I very much remember the the date the time the day all of the things (laughs) it was a Wednesday um in September the 21st of 2022 um I had went in for my appointment at about 11 o'clock um and we were going to get the sonogram and then you have to check back in to then see the doctor and since this was my 20 week um and again, if you've listened to the episode about my birth story, I didn't even know I was pregnant until about 16 weeks. Um, so I had just recently been there like a few weeks before this. Um, and they did an ultrasound at that appointment and everything was perfect as mm-hmm. far as her the heartbeat and all of the things that were developing were great. And so um, I just, again, naively expected to go to this appointment and like, everything. I just assumed it would be perfect. Um, And so when we went there for that appointment and or for that sonogram and there wasn't a heartbeat at that time, they sent us home. That was on a Wednesday um, early morning or late morning. And um, then our midwife called on Thursday and gave us the options of what we could do as far as um, coming in for a DNC or if I wanted to be induced and deliver her Um, That was obviously an option as well. And so um, that was Thursday mid-morning that she had contacted us. And my husband spoke with her. And then later in the afternoon when I was kind of able to, I guess, get up and have a conversation about it, um, we made the decision to be induced. And so we called her back and she scheduled us like for first thing in the morning Mm -hmm. um, to arrive at the hospital about 6 a.m. on Friday. Friday. So it was just a little over 24 hours yeah. that we had to make the decision. But um, in that time, it was still obviously very much a little over 24 hours that I was still pregnant, you know, And in, sure. in my mind of like, but then also knowing that she um, was no longer alive. It's just an experience like that completely changes your life. Right. Well, and do you remember what
1: you were doing that day? Were you just like on the couch or like, like million about your house, like just after you found out yeah, and you I, were waiting.
0: I remember, um, I remember very much like the feelings of hearing there are not a heart, there's no heartbeat. Um, I remember very much my husband literally scooping me up and carrying me out, um, down the elevator crying and I remember getting in the car, but I don't actually remember much of like the drive home. I feel like I just like looked out the window the whole time and it was very dark. It was pouring down rain. Um, and, but that's really all I remember getting home. My husband carrying me up the stairs, Mm -hmm. um, to our couch. And I did like lay there for a little while. Um, And then when my kiddos were coming home, I, um, my husband carried me to our bedroom and I just like laid in there and my mom obviously was with us. My dad came over. Um, It was just a really hard experience for like that I'm mourning and like hurting so bad. But then these people who are so close to me and love me so much are like coming in my room and mourning with me. And, but there was no like conversation, you know, like I couldn't say anything and there I don't know, it's just a really, really, really difficult time. Mm -hmm. Um, Because again, like, relating back to what I said before, like, in my mind, I'm still telling myself, like, I'm still pregnant there, maybe there is still a chance, like, even though um, I as an adult knew that wasn't possible. um, I was still just praying for a miracle that whole night. Mm -hmm. Um, Not, I couldn't sleep and yeah, you just you just keep hoping sure, sure. Um, that there is a little bit of a chance and even up until like the point where I then had to get up and go um, to the hospital to be checked in. We left here in Atchison where we live at about five o'clock in the morning um, to go to the hospital on that Friday to be induced and still that whole time I, I was still like my eyes closed, very much in the dark, but like praying, please just let like something happen. Like I know when I get there, they're still going to, um, even knowing that I had lost her, they're still going to do all the things. Like they're still going to hook me up to this or that monitor, or do yeah. this or that, and you just keep hoping that something would be different or that something you know would have changed in that time that you were waiting. to deliver your child that you already know is not alive Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so i feel like this is similar i mean similar feelings to mine although i had a little bit longer of a wait um so again like i went in thinking it's a normal day Mm -hmm. like i actually had things scheduled um it was halloween (laughs) yeah of 2022 and um I had just been in not too long before to have my kind of establishing scan Mm -hmm. and just see how far along baby was, everything was fine. And this is the same room that I had both scans with my, or all my scans with my kids. So I felt very comfortable in this room. And again, I had a similar experience where they said, there's no heartbeat. And I kind of, I don't know, people talk about that moment, like, oh, like. The nurse went away and then came back in, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that that tech. I mean, God bless her. She was just very honest. She's like, I cannot find a heartbeat, and I don't know what she said, but like basically, like this is serious, mm-hmm. and I want to make sure I'm, you know, doing this right. And mm-hmm. she showed me, I'm. Lo- we are looking at your your baby, mm-hmm. and like here's what I'm looking at. There's nothing going across the bottom of the screen. She was really trying to like, yeah, put me through it, but you're just you're gone. Like you're mentally just gone. And again, like I had thought miscarriage was just this thing that happened and I'm watching my miscarriage on a screen Mm -hmm. and I'm like, no, but, but they're there. Mm -hmm. They're in my belly (laughs) where they're supposed to be. And, um, I, I, I will say that my, um, midwife, my provider, she wasn't as quite as Nice as yours, yeah. I don't know why that day or whatever. Um, but to me, it was a little bit too frank. She just really wanted me to get a DNC like the next day. And I, you know, 30 seconds before had just found out my child had died in the Mm -hmm. womb. And here I am, like, okay, are you ready to like schedule the surgery to Mm -hmm. take him out of you? And I'm like, no, I cannot make any decisions. And it made it worse because. Kevin, my husband, was not there. Uh-huh. And he didn't, at this point, didn't come to a lot of appointments with me because I was driving to a hospital outside of town right. for those appointments. And with school schedule just didn't work. Right. So he was, um, actually this day, unfortunately, he was off and he was doing something else. Yeah. Or so I thought he was supposed to be going on um, this disc golfing trip.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that'll come into the story later, but he wasn't with me and i was an hour away from home and i just found out my child had died and i just remember I, all i all i thought was like i have to get myself to the car mm-hmm. i have to get to my, myself to the car and then i can scream mm-hmm. you know like i couldn't break down in front of like i was breaking down i was crying but i was like i was about to explode yeah and so i just remember them saying various things and i said i will call you tomorrow Mm -hmm. not doing anything today Mm -hmm. like nothing's happening I not had any spotting nothing had happened so we've caught this before my body body. did and so like yeah what do I do and so I knew my options were kind of similar to yours I had an extra option there but like basically wait it out Mm -hmm. until your body catches on uh, take medication to induce labor at home mm-hmm. um, or get a DNC. And so I had those options and I was like, okay, I just need my husband mm-hmm. right now. So, I mean, mine was very much like, I feel like I went to like fight or flight because yeah. I didn't have someone there with me to like care for mm-hmm. me in the moment. And so I just, I got in the car in the parking garage and just screamed like I mean good thing no one was around <laughs> they probably thought I was getting murdered but I mean just like that heartfelt like guttural yell yeah, you yeah, know yeah. That you need to just let out because like it's just all of these things mm-hmm. piling up and those emotions and, and I didn't think I could drive unless I did that like yeah. I had to drive myself home yeah. and so I don't even think I listened to anything Um, in the car. I. I had been on the phone with Kevin during the talk with the midwife because I wanted him to know what was happening. So I had called him right as soon as they, like, roomed me again Mm -hmm. after my terrible scan and just told him what happened. And he just stayed on the line to hear everything so he would know. Um, And so then that's when I found out he was supposed to go on this trip and our van actually, the, like, light for the engine came on, Mm -hmm. like, right as he was leaving town. He's like, oh, I should maybe, like, not drive however many hours away for this thing. And so that was just the Lord's doing of bringing him back into town, which I didn't realize. Right. Uh, We didn't cover that in our phone call. Um, But I didn't think he was home. So I drove to a friend's house who I knew was off Mm -hmm. on this particular day. And I just called her. I said, this is what's happened. She happens to be in the medical field. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so... I said I'm coming to your house. Like I can't be alone right yeah. now. Um, so yeah, I went there, and I mean, she just held me, and she was waiting for me, you yeah. know, outside. Yeah. <laughs> she knew, she she knew my timeline, and so I mean, I was just like a ball of jello because I didn't know, and I knew she had been through it yeah. as well. So that was just a relief to just physically be near someone who I trusted, right, and not feel like I'm adrift at sea, yeah. Um, and then Kevin figured out where I was because I, I mean, it was so, I wasn't communicating very well. Yeah. And I just remember him coming in to their house. So we're at our friend's house and it's like, uh, middle of the afternoon. So like this house is beautiful light. So there's this light and I'm a photographer, so I'm sorry. Like I always think about light, (laughs) but there, there was this giant like skylight window, like streaming in light. And I remember him coming into the door and somehow we met in this, like, warm light, it was, like, blinding me. And, I mean, it's kind of how I felt in the moment, mm-hmm. like, just so, like, blindsided by yeah. all of it. But also, like, I just melted, like, into his arms. Like, I mean, he was devastated as well. This right. is his child Um as well. And so it's just it never happened to us. And so... <clears throat> I mean, God bless my friends because, I mean, we were just like crying in their yeah. front, you know, not so much Kevin, he's not much of a crier, but like in his own way, right? Like he's mourning and I'm mourning. And then we got, we sat down and talked with them like, um, you know, what would you do in this situation? Right. And, you know, my midwife is really pressing this and blah, blah, blah. And um, she like, I think you made the right decision to stop. Yeah. You know, just stop for a time. And you have time. This is not an emergency. Like right. it, I was not physically being like super affected by it yet. Right. Um, other than the fact, like you said, like I went home pregnant. I'm yeah. still pregnant. Right. And we were at that cusp, but we had we told all of our family mm-hmm. and some of our really close friends, but we not told everyone yet. And which I was kind of grateful for, but it made it hard because like no one knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, and so. I just speed up my story because i'll just end up crying <laughs> uh <laughs> so what happened what ended up happening is i got that news on a monday and it was nearly it was six days until mm-hmm. i actually gave birth to jordan mm-hmm. so we decided to wait and at first it was not easy but like it was also new that it didn't like hurt as much mm-hmm. and so we just waited first day went by, second day went by, hoping my body will catch on, Mm -hmm. knowing that he's died um, and just waiting and waiting. And then finally, um, it was Friday of that week. And I had had decided to like stay home and I'd canceled the sessions that I had that week. Mm -hmm. I canceled client meetings that I had that week. And I told people the truth. I just said like, yes, I'm losing a child. I can't come to your meeting. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> right. Uh, which I think truth, honesty is the best policy. Yes. So although it's, it's weird to say on the phone to someone, um, and so, and during that week, like our friends were so precious and, and brought us various things and mm-hmm. like leaving stuff on the door. Yes. And, um, you know, but at the same time I felt like not guilt. But I was like, I haven't done anything yet. Like nothing's happened yet, mm-hmm. but I'm still like so swallowed up by what right. is going to happen. Right. Um, and during that week, I remember a few things like just to give like the listener an idea mm-hmm. of like, what do you do in a week waiting for your child to be yeah. delivered, who has died. And um, I remember really wanting to experience like kind of childhood joy, mm-hmm. like just or maybe escapism is the better way yeah. to phrase that. But I just thought, okay, like, what movie made me, like, insanely happy when life was so simple? Yeah. And so I thought, I'm going to watch Pink Panther. <laughs> <laughs> like, the new reboot with Steve Martin. And it's just so zany and crazy. And I remember oh, yes. just sitting there. And I was, like, crying and laughing. Yeah. Like, just trying to, I don't know, reorient myself. Um and that just brought me so much joy in that week that like movie yeah um and yeah and then I started focusing on like cleaning the bathroom and getting everything prepared for what was to come Because at that point especially earlier in the week I hoped it would happen spontaneously yeah um and there were a few times I thought maybe it was starting but it it didn't yeah and so I, like, had strung lights up in our bathroom, and I like, scrubbed that thing. It needed to be cleaned anyway. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Your bathroom is always needing a clean, in need of a clean when you have little kids. Yes, exactly. Um, and, like, I had bought candles. I mean, just all yeah, these things all the that, like, I was things. weirdly nesting yeah. to give up my child. But I thought, okay, if this is a comfort I can have where things don't feel as sterile, mm-hmm. where I can just let this happen maybe it'll be better yeah you know but the whole time there was like a fear of pain too because I'd been through labor Uh but I didn't know is this going to be different and maybe you had that too did you you fear like being induced yeah
0: and I kind of talked a little bit about that in the episode of my uh, my birth story because that was something that was also very like new to me um when I got there and Not initially, but throughout the course of the morning, um, there was just so many conversations happening um, with the nurses and everyone coming in. And so, one of the things that she talked to me about was if and when at whatever point I would need an epidural, that I was more than welcome to ask for that. Um, And so, like, I felt like after I got the medication, to be induced in, that was all started. I just kept waiting, like, when, yeah. you know, because I knew what, like, regular labor pains felt like. Um With my daughter, Isla, I was actually, like, laboring at home for hours, and due to, like, my husband not clearly enunciating his speech, I nearly had her in our bed. <laughs> um, but Aww. he... Yeah, super funny story. But anyways, um just like I I knew what those pains felt like. Sure. Intense, but then also with breaks and, you know, all of these things. And so I kept waiting for when is that going to start that I at some point might need to ask for that. Um and it it just never came. It sure. never it never came at all. Um, to the point where up until, um, which we had also talked, both of us were similar in this, that um, I felt like I needed to go to the bathroom. This was after multiple hours of the morning Mm. um, and having already had the medication. And it was within like a minute of my nurse, like sitting by me that she was just here. She was born, you know? And so um, it never got to the point of really any pain at yeah. all as far as contractions or labor pains for me and so that too is very hard of like I was I was just mentally preparing myself for that because I clearly know what labor, labor pains feel like um and wondered like how long is this going to be before they come and are they going to be as intense as my other two children or not right you know right. in a way like
1: I mean, mine, I didn't really have any intense pain except for like, I really would not call it intense either mm-hmm. because I've been through the experience and I know what it is to like go through transition and right. all those things. But I mean, mine was just like lower abdominal cramping. Like It just felt like I had like really bad period pains. But then it, it was worse later. Like, yeah, it, it had waves that weren't like that. And I, I would say this for people who are, um, you know, maybe in a waiting period. And and if that is you, I am so sorry. Yes. I'm so sorry. Like, we would never wish this on anyone. Um, but if your doctor tells you it's just going to be like a period, that is not true.
0: Absolutely. Not. It is
1: not true. Because there is, there is some pain, but there's also the just emotional wreckage of it. Right. Um, you know, for my experience with Jordan, I actually had to take uh, medication to induce labor at home, which is nasty stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the first round just made me so nauseous. And of course, I was nervous. So I take it. I sit down on the couch thinking something's going to happen right. immediately. Uh, but it's really just the fear of what could happen yeah. that I was fearing. Um, and Kevin was sitting with me and he had taken off work and we were just going to do it together, you know. Um Like even before I guess I should back up but that Friday it was raining like crazy I don't know if there's rain in both of our stories yeah appropriate um but I remember coming down to the studio and saying Kevin like I don't have any photos of this pregnancy and I just I want to remember it not just by the end of it right and I want to remember being pregnant with him and so um we came down to the studio. I already have some dresses down here. Um, and so I put a dress on and I mean, it was so dark in here. It was raining. And I set the camera for Kevin and everything. And he took this beautiful picture of me just kind of like kneeling on the ground, holding my belly. Um, and that's the only photo like with Jordan that I have of us. Yes. Right. And that was so meaningful. Because I did that right before I took the medication, um, and we had another like scan later in that week just to make sure. Because I was so nervous, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Am I making a mistake? Like, what's happening right. here?" Because like the last thing I would want to do is go through that and and you know maybe he was okay right. and all these fears, right? Yeah, you and just
0: you just keep hoping that, that right? Yeah.
1: But I think even though you know that your providers are probably going through this on yeah. a weekly basis, right? Um, like I was, I never regretted that I ask for a scan, mm-hmm. you know, another scan, like, please, can we have another one? Right. I, I'll i pay for this out of pocket, whatever I need to do. I just need to make sure that this is right. I, you know, and yeah, there was no heartbeat again. And um, yeah, so don't be afraid to do that, I guess. Yeah, to ask but, for sure. Yeah, so but going back to um just Jordan's loss, um, I had to end up taking a second dose, which is usually less successful. Um, and for this dose I had to lay down for like forty-five minutes. Yeah. Um, because yeah, this dose was actually like vaginally done. And so that was the weirdest experience, It's like laying there on your bed. <laughs> Pelvis up, like, <laughs> hoping this works. And you're like, I don't want it to work. Yeah. But I do want it to work. And, like, you're just in this – it was the strangest 45 minutes of my life. Yeah. And this happened on a Sunday morning. So we sent our kids to church. And then my sister-in-law made it over just in time for me to give birth to Jordan, mm-hmm. which, like you, was just um, – I felt like i had to go to the bathroom and he was there and um it was such a strange thing to be not excited for that's not the word Mm -hmm. it was like a relief yeah it was relief and it was grief and it was overwhelm and oh my gosh look at this tiny little body and um you know because he was only between 11 and 12 weeks so Mm -hmm he was still fully formed um i could see his ears and his little eyes and his toes and his fingers and holding him in my hand and just feeling like why are you cold yeah you know why are you cold you shouldn't be Mm -hmm. um like just feeling all this maternal instinct for someone i never met before but i knew you know and just like when you have a child there's that bonding that has to happen i feel Mm like i mine had to be quickly 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 happen with jordan and um you know like i was happy the waiting had ended yes but so sad that he wasn't in my belly anymore Mm -hmm. and i would say that over several weeks even months like when i had those moments of extreme grief like because we unlike your story we could bury him in our yard Uh because he, um, was actually like, like small enough where Mm -hmm. in the state of Kansas, you don't have to do anything to do with a funeral home. I think it is at 20 weeks, right? Yeah. Which is your cutoff. So, um, you know, we, we had a ceremony for him. We buried him that night Mm -hmm. because it was really important to me to have that closure. Um, because I don't think I would have been healthy about it. Like I wouldn't have let anyone, touch him or take him out mm-hmm. of my hands. Yeah. And yeah. And so, um, yeah, I just remember, you know, you were saying you remember the day and everything. Mm-hmm. Like I really remember a lot about our little service that we had for him. And if you want to hear a more prolonged version of the service, <laughs> it's in my episode, but, um, we'd ask our pastor Bob to come over and, um, do a brief mm-hmm. service, which he, um, so wonderful to yeah. have done for us. And it was just me and Kevin and Bob and the sun was setting and I was bleeding. <laughs> I was still bleeding. And yeah. this has just happened. And my belly was sagging and I'm holding this little um, sugar jar that my son is in. And I printed out this like little Um, piece of paper about him and put it in this uh, other jar, like a bigger Uh jar to keep it all together. And um, we just did this simple service and buried him. And I mean, when I felt like my soul went into the ground, Mm -hmm. I felt like my soul went into the ground that night. And I just remember laying down to go to bed after all of that. um, I don't really remember what happened between like Sunset with the kids and all that just, I just remember laying next to Kevin that night and just saying like, why isn't he here? Like in my belly, he yeah. should be here. And, um, I still feel like that. Sometimes you just feel like you want to pull back the strings of time okay. and like, make it all change, but you can't. And yeah. So while I was so grateful to not be waiting, cause that's just a whole other agony waiting for something terrible to happen. Right. Um, now I'm just, like, waiting to see him again, you yeah. know? So, oh, my gosh, we are getting all the way. I do
0: think that is, you know, like, we had talked about faith in another episode, and I think that that really is what, even though in my deepest um, days after delivering Hadley, um, and I felt like my faith was wavering a little bit, um, the waiting period being so hard in itself, but then... I feel like gaining just a deeper sense of faith after that time and whether you know I felt like it, that was through prayer and just like God really speaking to me um as one of his children that I knew like I'm going to see her again and that definitely helped me and has and continues to to like get through um each and every day but I kind of felt the same as you like that night um after We had to make decisions of, like, when we were ready to um, give her away, basically, because, um, like, we talked about in another episode, I delivered in a different state, even though it's literally, like... Super (laughs) close. Super, super Super close. close. Um, And so, like, there's rules on, yeah, the, like, age of the baby and, like, bringing them back across state lines, um upon death and all of that and so we had to make decisions about um cremation or all of that happening um before we could come home um and so like we were able to hold her and spend time with her but then eventually I knew like somebody's coming to take her um and at that particular time we didn't know for sure if it was a boy or girl it's a whole nother in another episode too, but, um, I knew that somebody was eventually going to come and take my baby by the, whenever I said they were, they were definitely very, very, um, sweet and caring and compassionate in the fact that, that we had all the time that we needed. And they, um, had just kind of like basically stated like they were on call and, and it didn't matter. Like there was no rush. Cause at this point it was into the evening or whatever. Um, um, But yeah, feeling like that I was in my darkest of times during that 24-hour, whatever, 30-hour waiting period um, to deliver my child that I know isn't alive anymore um, is really just like intensified and seems even worse upon delivering your child. And then one, they're not alive and two, they're getting taken from you in a period of time again. Um, that's just not something that you that you ever want to experience.
1: Hey, friends, it's Krista. I know it seems so abrupt that this episode ended, and the reason is we had our first technical glitch of the podcast. And I guess it was just time for it. Uh, But our conversation got cut off and not recorded. And so luckily, it was here towards the end. But I just wanted to kind of wrap things up as far as what LaDonna and I talked about after LaDonna told her part of the story uh, about waiting to lose a child. And uh, I also told mine. So yeah, it's not anything that Like we said, we would wish on anyone, um, but it is possible to have a waiting period with your miscarriage. And we just really wanted to bring light to that and that it's a possibility. It's not something we ever hope you have to go through or prepare for, but know that other women have gone through it and lived through it, (laughs) importantly, lived through it. Because when you first start that waiting period, You don't really feel like you can live through it. Um, And it changes your whole perspective. So that's kind of why LaDonna and I really felt passionate about sharing about this period, this waiting period that many people don't know can exist with miscarriage. And so we just want to encourage you, if you are a mom that is in a waiting period right now, like we want to hug you. We want to just give you all of the encouragement. If you need some encouragement, please reach out to us and email us at StitchesHaven at ks at gmail.com or uh, message us on Instagram and Facebook and we'll get back to you. And if you're just a mom who went through miscarriage and is curious about this topic, know that other moms who go through this experience, it might look a little different than your experience and that's okay. Um, Just know to be there and support anyone going through a waiting period because as we said, it's almost worse than the actual loss because you're anticipating this just groundbreaking moment in your life, but you have to wait for it. And it's not in excited anticipation, it's really in mourning. And you're just in a whole different uh, mental state. And I know for me, I really didn't just, I don't know what to say. I didn't even do well that week as far as communicating with other humans. Um, I'm a very open and honest person, if you can't tell, through this episode. But I remember specifically going into our local coffee shop here and just to get a coffee and feel somewhat normal and of course I saw someone I knew and we struck up a conversation and in the middle of the conversation I just said in the middle of it like I can't talk right now I'm losing a child (laughs) which I'm sure other people that is like shocking behavior to them but for me I just couldn't handle the realness of my situation and like the frivolousness or perceived frivolousness of what we were talking about um, cause I just wasn't, I wasn't there to do that. <laughs> this is the bad part about maybe living in a small town is that you're going to run into people you know while going through things that suck and it's a good and bad thing. Sometimes you just need to be open and honest and, um, shout out to this person. She was super, super supportive and just gave me a hug and really just went on with her day. Um, but just know it's okay to not be okay. And so sorry about this technical glitch, but um, that's kind of our wrap up for this episode. And we will be joining you again in a couple weeks with a new episode. And we look forward to chatting with you and sharing hope in the midst of loss. So we'll catch you later, friends. Thank you so much for joining us for the Stitches podcast today. We hope that if you want to get connected with us, you will join us at StitchesHaven.org.
0: Or you can find us on our social media pages at Stitches Haven on both Facebook and Instagram. And of course, we would love it if you rated our show
1: so others can find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.